0: Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. For the last two months or so, I have been uh, studying, just in preparation for this seminar, and my my. uh, course of study has been uh, I read all of Vasista's yoga which is a fascinating book it's a very very long involved pretty obtuse not easy to just it's it's not like reading a novel Um, but I just decided I was going to study the entire thing and look at one of the great uh, spiritual texts that's ever been extant here on the on the planet Uh, goes back thousands of years and I finished it uh, a few weeks ago it took me about 60 days to to read the entire thing and to study it and to get the essential message of it which I'll be sharing and then uh, for some reason um, it's fascinating how uh, you know, we we watched a movie last night, uh, my daughter and I, uh, my daughter, I've got a lot of my children are here visiting right now. Um, my daughter Sage and I stayed up and watched a movie called Aaron Brockovich. You remember that movie? Oh, sure. Julia or Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah, I think she won an Academy Award for that. She did. Uh, I, did she? Yeah, just a great movie. But it's interesting because I saw it, I don't know when it was came out, probably 10, 15, 20, who knows how long ago it was um but it was like a very different movie have you ever done that where you watch something and then 20 years later you watch it again and you realize that you didn't really get any you didn't get out of it what you, what you're getting out of it now
1: right it's a different um, experience
0: yeah totally different because you're a different person and you're perceiving it from a different way well many many years ago i ordered a set of books called uh, the life and teachings of the masters of the far east by baird spalding it was, uh, at that time, it was a five-volume uh, collection. It's now a six-volume uh, because they've added some of his essays and so on. And it's about a group of people uh, uh, who, uh, back in 1894, uh, went on a trek into the Himalayas and encountered some of these people who had been living up there in the mountains um, and and were just highly evolved, uh, spiritual, highly conscious people who, who lived at a, what was called Christ Consciousness or... Or Buddha awareness or whatever just from a, a very very higher place and with a strong set of beliefs about how powerful we are And how we've lost so many of those powers because of uh, you know for an example It's like uh, how many of your phone numbers uh, of the, of your closest friends. Do you know by heart?
1: I don't even um, know my husband's phone number.
0: Yeah, right. See, and, and what has <laughs> happened is, is a, a place in our brain, Diane, is uh, you know, after if if we if we if we don't use that, if the, the, which memorizes numbers, for example. I mean, it's all so intricate, and we create something that does all of that for us. So now we just touch, we just touch a screen, and it dials anything that we want. <laughs> And before long you you lose your um, you know your, these abilities these native abilities that are within each and every one of us because our I believe our ancestors used to communicate uh, telepathically with each other they had to in order to survive. You had to send a message to someone twenty miles away and there was you couldn 't write a letter and you <laughs> and you can 't pick up a telephone and so on um, so these 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 skills were highly honed within us, and then as we developed technology to take over that for us um, it becomes uh, something it's almost like an anachronism now it's just like you, you no longer need that part of your brain because you've got machines or something to do it for us and um, and I think that's you know that we, we lose a lot of those a lot of those qualities these abilities and in this uh, this collection of uh, of writings called the life and teachings of the of the masters of the Far East, they talk about people who've lived up there in the mountains, away from technology, who have really honed these uh, these, high, these these skills uh, and abilities that are inherent in each and every one of us. So it's really fascinating to read it. But I, that what I'm saying is, I, I bought those, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 years ago, and I I have you know I live in Florida. My I'm, I'm actually a resident of Florida. I work here in, in Hawaii. And, um, so they, they were there, and I, I called my wife and I said, just go into the library and, and just look. And I directed her right for them. I said, no, are they there? And she said, yeah. And she said, there's some notes on them and so on. And so I said, I'd, I, I asked her to, if she would like to start reading them as well. Um, and I'm now, in, uh, I read the first volume yesterday. It's a couple of hundred pages. And, um, and I was just blown away by the awareness that what I was able to. Um Get out of it. Twenty-five years ago was very, very different than what I was getting out of it now. In fact, I remember starting it and just putting it down and thinking, oh, "I don't know. I'm not sure about this. I don't know if it's true, if it's true. It sounds. Like I'm a little skeptical." It was, you know, and so I just basically sk- sort of skimmed it and I just put it away in a place in in this uh, in this office uh, room that we had in the house in in Florida, and I put them away. Now I find myself. I can't get, I can't wait to get back to it. <laughs> I'll be reading it and my kids are all here and I say, I just, I just need to get away for an hour or so. And what I do is I go and find a quiet place and I just sit down and I'm just, I'm engrossed in it. I'm taking notes on it and it's, it's now something that excites me. Whereas before it was something that, that either bored me or I just wasn't ready for it or I was just disinterested in it or I just wasn't ready. It doesn't have that level of readiness. Um, So it's like you have to remember if you if you're going through and you you look at a film and you say, well, yeah, I saw that film already. And then you watch it again and you realize it's a completely different film. I had a very different reaction to to the Aaron Brockovich movie than I did uh, when it first came out years ago.
1: That's interesting. I wonder if it's your life experience, like where you are now, you're able to, you know, understand and appreciate the material in the books so much more now than you were before.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that and I think it's our readiness level. You know, it's like the, uh, you know, that famous line that I've always used. and it's a, it's a Buddhist proverb. I used it a lot and I can see clearly now, you know, when the student is ready. You know, you can complete it, right? When the student is ready, the teachers will appear, and it's like the teachers are always there. There's all, you know, this book. uh, This book came out. uh, The the, these this five-volume collection came out back in the 1930s, before I was even born. It's always been there. It sat in my uh, in in. in my office in my library uh for a quarter of a, of a century it sat there and i looked at it many times and it was always there available to me now i pick at it and i look at it and i'm just so enthralled with it and, and realizing that uh you know that the teachers are always there it's the question is your readiness level that's so and it's true. true for It's true of so many things. I've had many letters from people over the years who will write me and say, you know, when you were out there talking about your erroneous zones and pulling your own strings back in the 70s, uh, I just thought you were just egotistical, you know, crazy person uh, who was just suggesting ideas that uh, just didn't make any sense to me and it just didn't make any meaning to me. And and I was putting you down, you know, for uh, the way that you presented it and the material. I just thought you were way off base and so on. And I said, And it's amazing how far you have come. They will say to me, it's amazing how far you've come in the last 30 years, (laughs) you know, all of a sudden now the material that just seems so insane to them 30 years ago now is making a lot of sense and you're applying. So we are just, we're like a work in project (laughs) and process rather, you know, and we're constantly growing and and changing and um, looking, you know, just reminding ourselves that everything that we uh, are able to experience. So I had an experience just about an hour ago and I just wanted to share it with you before we open up the phones in just a few minutes Um, and that is uh, every morning i go out and i do a a function run and i do it with uh, this woman who is my assistant here who is now uh, eight and a half months pregnant Uh, her baby is due in in, i think 15 or 16 days from now Uh, so she's pretty far out there and she also has a little boy named marcus and and, and so we every morning i do this function run and she pushes the uh the stroller with Marcus in it and we we point out all the lizards and we point out that there's an airplane and we, you know, it's, it's kind of a fun thing. And it's it's called a function run. So there's not, I'm not attempting to break any speed records. It's more a function of, uh, and if anybody has back issues, by the way, just let me just throw this out at you. If you got especially lower back issues, uh, just Google the, the word function run and look at the little, um, uh, you push. I think it's about a two-minute video clip, and it, it explains what it is. And what you do is you you, you keep your back uh, and your neck and your spine as straight as you possibly can. You stand with perfect um, posture, and you keep your arms up, and uh, you move your arms, and you, and you you run almost in place, heel to toe, heel to toe. Um, and, you're, and you and maybe in thirty minutes, I get through maybe two miles or so. So you it's like at a f- very fast walk pace. Um, but what it is doing is creating a cellular muscle memory in your spine because you're constantly focused not on how far you're going to go or how fast you're going to run, but on keeping your posture erect while you are running. So you're implanting new cellular memory and, um, and. And I've had people who've had really, really serious chronic back uh, issues, lower back issues especially. Uh, my secretary's daughter who's a, a bit overweight and she's been really struggling with lower back. She did one function run for 30 minutes and her back problems went away. So it's uh, it was something created by my friend Pete Agoscue, um, as a part of his training that I've been going through. And some of you have heard me if you listen to my radio show on a regular basis you know that I had a very serious neck issue and it was a misalignment of a hip and back and so on and this thing has literally saved me. I mean, I now can I do it every single day. I can go out and run for for miles and miles and miles and for a long period of time when uh, when I couldn't hardly even walk around the block without really severe pain. So anyway, it was doing my function. That's just a little aside out there for all of you out there to, to think about it. Uh, it's a really fascinating thing. It's and it really works works well and really Realigning your body and giving it new cellular memory. Um, so I was finishing up the function run and there's, uh, I saw a, a couple that I recognized over the years. And, and uh, there was a woman and she was having difficulty with her luggage. And I just said to her, um, oh, here, let me help you with that. And, uh, she gave me a real harsh look and said, No, I don't want any help. And I said, Are you sure? I said, Because you know, one of her suitcases, she had two suitcases and one was going one direction and the other. I said, Here, let me help you with that. I don't want any help from you, especially from you. And I gave me that real harsh wow. look. Wow. So this happened an hour ago (laughs) and, um, and, and so it's like, you know, and I have no idea what, what prompted this is just someone I've just seen around the the place where I live once in a while. It's a building where a lot of people live. And, um, and so what I'm, the reason I bring it up is because at the moment that something like this occurs, when you encounter, um, you know, someone who's, who's hostile towards you or who's sending you an ugly message or there's any number of, of, endless reasons about why that might be taking place. You know, it might have to do with something that I did or said or whatever that I'm not even aware of. It might have something to do with something that's going on in this person's life at this particular time. It could be uh, her husband was walking with her and he said, Oh, he said, don't take that personally. And I was thinking about uh, the four agreements. Have you ever read the four agreements? Sure.
1: Don Miguel.
0: Yeah. Do you remember which one uh, I'm speaking about, which one of those agreements? He said, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I want to give you a test here on the air. (laughs) But one of the agreements was don't take anything personally. You know, and so and I was just thinking about what Don Miguel had said in, in that book about not taking things personally because so often when we encounter someone who's what we might consider rude or or you know unpleasant or happy, unhappy or whatever it is, the first thing that we want to do is just take it personally. Say she has no right to talk to me like that, and how dare you? And I'm going to get in I'm going to find out what's going on, and you know or, or whatever it might, or just go around in a morose kind of way, and it's like it's what i'm talking about even when i'm talking about watching watching that movie uh, and and being a different person watching that movie or reading the life and teachings of the masters of the far east 25 years uh, after i purchased it and and having it have something totally new for me and my reaction to this woman uh, talking in this fashion to me just an hour ago or so was very different than it was even for me even a, a decade or so or maybe even a few months ago um, before I immersed myself in the in preparation for the seminar that I'm going to be doing on the 24th and 25th of this month called I am light that I reminded myself that I am light and that when you have a when you have a choice when you have a choice to be right um, or to be kind you know, that it's a really important to be able to choose kind. Um, and so rather than being right and saying, well, she, she, you know, how dare anybody talk to me like that? And I have, uh, you know, I didn't do anything to her and she's just, you know, instead of my, my immediate reaction was to push that kind of the kind of, um, Subatomic, <laughs> uh, subconscious mind training that I've had, uh, you know, over the years to react with hostility or hurt or pain or frustration or whatever whenever you encounter what you might consider to be unpleasant or rude behavior and something um, is to come is to come from a place of kindness. And I was just thinking to myself how happy I was um, in the last hour that I didn't walk around wondering and being hurt by and being upset. Uh, but instead was just thinking about this woman and just trying to send her as much love as I possibly can and hope that whatever it is that would motivate her to react in that way to an, uh, attempted act of kindness, um, that it, uh, it gets soothed and it gets happy that she becomes happy. Um, and I think if I send energy to her, um, that would be, uh, that's it just represents a kind of growth thing for for me as a person and um and if we can you know as i speak to all of you out there all over the world when you encounter any kind of behavior that um don't be one of those kind of people who's looking for an occasion to be offended and consequently then be emotionally upset and then consequently attract more of what you don't want in your, in your life. And I think that's the essence of what uh, Abraham was speaking to me about in. This new product that we have, this book and DVD and CD called Co-Creating at Its Best, that um, you want the the law of attraction is always working. And if you put your thoughts on what you don't like or what you're unhappy about or what makes you angry, then you're going to align with an energy that is going to offer you experiences that match up to exactly what it is that you're thinking so that every moment of your life regardless of what it is that's coming at you you have a choice and this woman for me was a great reminder that i'm growing and that um... and that i can be uh... applying this not just in this kind of an event but i can be applying it um in all kinds of places all over my all over my world including all of the negativity and things that are taking place for example what is taking place in paris uh over the weekend um at the uh, at the satirical at charlie he- hebbo is that how you say it Hebdo. um and what was going on and and to not fill my heart and my head with all kinds of antipathy and and vituperative thoughts about uh um you know all the muslims in the world and being angry at them as i'm hearing so many people and instead just working at uh, we're never going to solve these these problems of anger and hostility which alt, which which you know in a personal way show up in in the event that I had when helping trying to help a woman with her luggage, but when they 're extended uh into a larger and larger perspective it's uh you know, so many people will now want to go to war, you know, and wipe out all the Muslims and wipe out all of this kind of things. And, and let's just um, and, the, and the solution is going to be in finding a place where all of us can uh, send love, where uh, our hearts are so filled with with rage and, and hate towards so many people. Anyway. Right. That's my rant for this morning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that's a great reminder because we're always in, encountering those kind of situations in our daily daily life. And it's one thing to read about it in a book and go, "Oh yeah, that's it's such a great idea." You know, philosophically, mm. and and you agree. Right. But then when you're confronted with that, or someone cutting you off, or the, the mm. nasty person in the checkout line, and that mm. kind of like, that kind of thing. But then for you to automatically try to bring yourself back to the place of love is is a practice. Yeah. So it's and good for to me, be reminded.
0: Yeah, what felt good about it and that's what I said to I said, you know, I think I'll just talk about this on my radio show for a few minutes this morning. Um, um because it's like it's it it, hap- it happens to all of us. It's very seldom that it's it's so rare that I, you know, that I, that I encounter that kind of thing because I really work I don't even work at it it's just it's become a way of life to be a generous person to be a kind person to extend love uh wherever i go uh it's what i teach and it's what i preach and it's what i live and i and i tell my kids and and everyone else that i intend to walk my talk this is how but and so when something like this comes up uh It's, you know, you can go, you can go back to that old, you know, how dare she getting, or I was just so pleased with myself that I was able to, uh, to see that, uh, all of this work and all of the studying that I'm doing and so on is, is making an impact, uh, on, on the tiny little things, uh. There's another thing that it has done for me is it uh, it has helped me to slow down. You know, Gandhi said that something to the effect that it's uh, our purpose is not to just speed life up, you know, to always try to get someplace in a hurry and be. And I spent a lot of my life, uh, you know, especially driving and so on, trying to get around somebody and wondering why this this little person, this person in front of me is driving so slow. And why can't they, you know, and and just kind of slow down and, and be in the moment and be in a place of joy. And in the last hour, an hour and a half since I had this encounter with this person, um, I've been in a very, uh, very special, uh, kind um, place and, and sending sending love where at one time I would have sent if I didn't wouldn't have sent anger, I would have set I would have uh, certainly felt frustrated and hurt and sad that, uh, and wondering, you know, what did I do? What did I do? Could I, could have, and, uh, did I say something? Was there something that I might've done that she might have heard me? Um, none of that even transpired within me. It was all just, oh my gosh, let me just surround this person with, uh, with love. And that's really the great teachings of, of, of all of our great spiritual masters. That's the teachings of Jesus, you know, uh, is, is to send love, send love in response to, in response to hate. And that's how we'll Will create a, a more loving world.
1: That makes true. sense.
0: It's um, the Saint John of the Cross. I have it on my refrigerator. I have it every day. He said, "Where there this back? He's a, a 16th century you know, Spanish mystic. Uh, you know, a brilliant scholar. Uh, spent a lot of his life in jail. Uh, he was imprisoned because of his, his thoughts back at the time of the uh, Inquisitions and so on. And he said, uh, where there is no love, put love, and you will find love.'" Isn't that beautiful?
1: It's so beautiful. Well, Saint Francis beautiful. too, the the prayer that mm, that you love yeah. you know, where there's
0: hatred let me so love. Right. Make me an instrument of thy peace. In other words, don't I Saint Francis didn't get down on his knees and pray for peace. He prayed to become peace, you know, himself. Make me an instrument of thy peace where there is hatred let me bring love find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.